WTC on The Voice of America. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 13th edition of the sunny side of sports. The 2022 Rugby Sevens World Cup was held over the weekend in Cape Town, South Africa. Michael Cariotti reports overall... African teams did not shine at the three-day global rugby festival. Africa was the biggest disappointment of the 2022 Rugby Sevens World Cup, with the highest-placed African team being South Africa, who finished in sixth place. Zimbabwe and Uganda were eliminated before the round of 16, while Kenya fell 22-7 to Argentina in the round of 16 to also fall by the wayside. The West South Africa lost 24-14 to Ireland in the quarterfinals to also fall out of the medal winners and disappoint the whole continent. Rugby critic Nixon Nikazino is not surprised by the outcome and comments that Africa should invest heavily in junior rugby development for success in future. The fact that uh, we don't find any African team, particularly in the rugby, or in the global rugby world in the top five reflects again and highlights uh, the fact that uh, there's some diminishing uh, effect. There's need to invest more at uh, youth level, at developmental level, to ensure that uh, we begin to bring uh, new blood within the African rugby in order to be competitive and to enjoy the same status that we used to have, whereby Africa, African teams like South Africa would even win uh, the, uh, the, uh, the World Cup. This is coming after all African teams were eliminated early in the tournament, which was hosted by South Africa in Cape Town from September 9 to September 11. Olympic champion Fiji won the World Cup title in Cape Town after beating Australia 29-12 in the final of the prestigious competition. However, Australia could not be denied something to take home after the women's team overcame New Zealand 24-22 in the Rugby Sevens World Cup final. Africa's representative in the women's section, Madagascar, finished 15th out of 16 teams after defeating Colombia 29-12 on the last day of play. Women's rugby follower, Rumbizai Kacheche, believes women's rugby is on the rise in Africa. Yeah, I can see women's rugby is on the rise in Africa, meaning very soon Africa will be winning medals internationally. The focus in rugby is now on the IRB 2023 World Cup in which Africa will be represented by Namibia and South Africa in France. Namibia has represented Africa in the past six editions of the World Cup with Ivory Coast 1995 and Zimbabwe in 1987 and 1991 having been the other Africa flag bearers. South Africa won the tournament in 1995, when they hosted the World Cup and for the first time in Africa. 
for the Sony side of sports. This is Michael Karirati in Harare, Zimbabwe. Thanks, Michael. Some of Africa's top football stars are back in action this week in premier European club competition group stage matches. For analysis of the opening round of fixtures, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the chief football writer at ACLsports.com. Fisayo Dairo. I think quite as expected, the first round of matches in the group stage of the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League have um, served us with uh, lots of um, exciting times. Of course, that is what these competitions are known to bring, to bring the excitement among fans, to bring the passion among the players, also the fans, and also, of course, to bring the best in terms of football in art history. And not just about bringing the best, we've also been served lots of surprises in in each competition, from the Champions League, Chelsea, a former champion losing to Dynamo Zagreb in Croatia, which culminated in the sack of their head coach, and then Manchester United losing at home to a not-too-fancied Spanish side Real Sociedad. So these are some of the upsets that these competitions are really known for, and I'm sure the football fans across the globe really, really enjoyed and had a swell time watching each of these competitions from Tuesday to Thursday last week. In the opening games of the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa and Conference League, were there impacts by African players for their clubs? Oh, definitely. Anytime it comes to football on the European scene, you always expect African players to be at the front burner. And one of the games that highlights the importance of African players to their respective European clubs during the last midweek was the game between Ajax Amsterdam and Glasgow Rangers, which was decided in Holland. In that particular game, Nigerian defender Calvin Bassi was making his Champions League debut for Ajax against his former club, Rangers. And he had an assist, aside from being a rock-solid addition in the heart of the defence for Ajax, as Ajax went 4-0 winners over Rangers. A Ghanaian, Mohamed Kudus, also same age, 22, as Calvin Bassi, was also exceptional in that game. He also scored and assisted one of the goals against Rangers. And one of the highlights of the week also was Napoli beating Liverpool by four goals to one in Italy. It was a shocking result for many, in many respects. And one African was in the midfield for Napoli in that particular game, Zambwa. Zambo Anguisa, he was so majestic, played like a Rolls Royce of a midfielder and contributed in no small measure to Liverpool's demise on that particular night. Napoli also had Nigerian striker Victor Rusimin, who gave a good account of himself, although he missed the penalty before succumbing to an early injury in the latter part of the first half. Sporty greeting, this is Victor Simen, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the voice of America. It was indeed um, a week that had um, worthy contributions. Even in the Europa League, for nuns, there was Egyptian midfielder Mustafa Mohammed, who scored in the Europa League for nuns in their 2-1 win over Olympia Cospiros of Greece. And in the Conference League, you also have, you had some other contributions from Africans, across Europe, and I'm sure everyone is proud of each and every one of these uh, African t- stars. 
Fisayo, do you think African players like Mohamed Salah of Liverpool, Sadio Mane of Bayern Munich, Riyad Mahrez of Man City, Koulibaly of Chelsea, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of also of Chelsea, and Nigeria's Victor Simon of Napoli will do well in their various UEFA organized clubs championships? I do believe they will perform well for their respective clubs. That's why their clubs have broken the bank to acquire them. Sadio Mane just made a move to Bayern Munich, although he did not score in match day one. But of course, nobody could fault his contribution in their away win um, in that particular round. Riyad Mahrez remains as uh, instrumental as ever with Manchester City. Kalidou Koulibaly and Pierre Aubameyang, although they both started in that Chelsea loss to Dynamo Zagreb, but the future holds better things. And as time goes on, you expect these guys, as as soon as they settle more and more at the respective clubs, to start wielding the big influences, not only in domestic matches, but also on the continental scene. So it's just only a matter of time before we see these guys hitting the headlines for the right reasons. Although Mohamed Salah has also not started the season very well. Just give him some more weeks, perhaps at the international, then we'll be seeing a fresh and um, a Mohamed Salah rearing to go. So we all know what they are capable of. They've done it before at the higher stage, and there is no doubt whatsoever that these guys will repeat consistently. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. On the next Straight Talk Africa, we'll examine the mixed legacy of Queen Elizabeth in Africa. Her reign left an indelible mark on the African continent. We'll also look at what lies ahead for Britain's new king, Charles III. Be sure to join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Now let's go to Qatar, where organizers of this year's World Cup football tournament are being criticized after what's being described as a stadium test disaster. Nearly 78,000 fans attended the test match September 9th at the new Lusail Stadium, which will stage the World Cup final on December 18th. Fans reported major organizational problems, including a lack of water and long waits in line, including post-match when fans tried to reach a metro station 400 meters from the stadium. Reuters news agency says fans waited in a two and a half kilometer line, snaking back and forth across an empty lot. Officials said that was to prevent a stampede. One Egyptian fan, Eslam, told Reuters, and I quote, This is such a mess. I don't want to go to the World Cup anymore. Not if it's like this. The World Cup is scheduled to kick off on November 20th when Qatar will host Ecuador at the 60,000-seat Al-Bayit Stadium. 
World Cup-bound Ghana is preparing for Qatar with former Tottenham Hotspur player and coach Chris Hewton in the key role of technical advisor. In this encore sunny side of sports presentation, we'll hear from the 63-year-old Hewton in this report by Yawafusu Larbi in Accra. Sporty greetings, Yao! Sporty greetings, Sunny. After a poor showing at the Africa Cup of Nations in January, fans of the Black Stars called for the sacking of the then coach Milovan Raivaj. The FA heeded this call. Raivaj was sacked after the Cup of Nations debacle and a replacement was what everyone's mind was on. Fans looked on with bated breath to see who the FA would appoint. In a bid to give the job to a local coach, former Black Star Otoado was appointed. Fellow coaches Masu Didi Dramani and George Watting joined in as assistant coaches, but it was a technical advisor role that many were surprised at who took it. Former Tottenham Hotspur coach Chris Hilton was appointed for that role and it got fans really excited. The excitement yielded results as the Black Stars went into the crucial World Cup qualifying phase with Nigeria and came up top. Hilton is half Ghanaian. He was born to a Ghanaian father and an Irish mother and says working for Ghana now is huge for him. Firstly, it's a pleasure. Um, and I am aware of um, some uh, talks before, you know, and some speculation before. Uh, and I think that's, that's normal because my father is from, uh, from Accra. So I think that's normal. Uh, I think as regards management, my management has always been, you know, day-to-day club management, you know, as a manager and a, and a, and a head coach. Um, so at this stage, this stage of my life and career to be involved, albeit in a different role with the, the Black Stars, is uh, something that's a, a huge honour for me. I've uh, always had that connection. Um, you know, my, my background is very different. You know, I, my father, of course, from uh, Accra, my mother is Irish. Uh, I played for Ireland for uh, 10 years and in some, some uh, big games. And, of course, I was born and brought up in, in London, England. Um, but I've always been very conscious of my background. Um, so whenever Ghana played, and particularly whenever Ghana played in the, the, the big games, then uh, I was always there, in my mind, always there supporting and... and uh, absolutely hoping that the, the team would do well because I knew that any way that the team could do well it would be good for the development of the, the country and of course football in the country. I haven't seen so much more than what I already knew. You know, I, I, I know the, the, the history of uh, Ghanaian football, you know, international, more international football, I have to be honest, than, uh, than club local football. So I know the history, I know about the World Cups and, and of course it's, it's how you deem the World Cups and, and always, always, maybe it will change but always I think when an African team gets to the World Cup you know, that is success getting there. So I've always been very, very conscious of, uh, of uh, what there is here and the development. Um, but the, the satisfying thing for me since my involvement is uh, a lot of the young talent that's there a lot of the um, young Ghanaians that are either first-generation or second-generation Ghanaians, even playing abroad, that are now being brought to my attention. 
So, um, you know, that, that is, I think, an exciting prospect, certainly going into the future. One thing Hilton has done very well is to strengthen the team by scouting around the world and speaking to Ghanaians in the diaspora to choose playing for Ghana. Already, six players have decided to play for the Black Stars, and amongst them is Athletic Bilbao's Inyaki Williams and Brighton's Tariq Lamte, two players who will improve the Black Stars team in many ways. This is a subject um, that, that, that I think will always, and you said it's, it's been a, a divisive um, the subject, um, but I think it's, it's a subject that so many other countries have had to deal with. And, and even, you know, I spoke about representing the, the Republic of Ireland, and very similar. You know, they, they have, you know, a, a very good uh, domestic league, um, but of course most of the players play abroad. And, of course, a lot of those players are, are second-generation uh, Irish. So I think it's, it is um, a structure that a lot of international organisations have, have, have had to cope with. And it is one about getting the balance, because one thing that I have been made aware of is that, that um, the domestic and local leagues here is a very good league, and it's very competitive, and I've seen that in my time uh, being involved. Uh, and we have to make sure that for those that are doing well, that they are very much in our thoughts. So it is about getting that balance. Ultimately, ultimately for the senior national team, it's about getting the best squad possible to, to win football matches. The first thing is, is about a willingness to want to be involved and, uh, and want to play. And you know, one thing I can tell you is that in my short period of time here, the, um, the, the new recruits as such uh, that, that we have have showed great enthusiasm so far and, and of course you know there hasn't been a, a game yet for them to be to be involved in um, but in the talks that, um, that initially the, the association had with them they showed great enthusiasm so uh, I am uh, absolutely positive that for, for any new players, new recruits that come into the squad, um, they will have no difficulty um, getting the, the right balances. My experiences of the squad so far is it's, it's a very, very good environment to come into, a very competitive environment, um, uh, uh, an environment also that, um, that wants to represent the country, wants to do well for the country and know what it means. And um, so I, I, I would anticipate no problems in them uh, mixing in with the group and, and getting the feel of what's important. As the World Cup draws closer, teams have started limbering up to the tournament. For this reason, the Ghana Football Association has put together two friendly matches against Brazil and Nicaragua. Hutton says these games will be used to assess players and check their readiness for the tournament. Well, I think what, what has happened with the two friendly games, of course, they... Um, we thought they were going to be um, two AFCON games. Mm -hmm. So I think very quickly the, the association uh, have to organise two, two friendly games. And, and, um, and we congratulate them on that. I think they're two very good friendlies. There's a lot of organisation that's gone behind the friendlies. Um, but uh, Otto's, job, Otto's job will be to um, formulate um, what he wants to get from these two games. So, you know, the balance, the balances will be result, because, of course, results matter, and it's, it's good, certainly, to go into a, 
a World Cup campaign um, on the back of, of winning games. But it's a result. It's individual performances, an opportunity to look at uh, individuals because we are now very close, of course, to the World Cup. A way of playing, whichever system Otto chooses to play, that player fitting into that system. Um, and, of course, these two games give... Um, uh, Otto, myself and the technical staff the time and the experience to look at everybody, of course, to formulate the squad for, for the World Cup. Hilton may be technical advisor, but he's heavily involved in the development of football by reaching out to young footballers and helping their careers. That's a win for football in Ghana. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yao Fusilabi. Thanks, Yao. Yao and Ghana's technical advisor, Chris Hewton, mentioned those friendly matches this month against Brazil and Nicaragua. The Brazil friendly is scheduled for September 23rd in France and the Nicaragua friendly four days later on September 27th in Spain. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show still on the sunny side of sports beat american style football the seattle seahawks have edged the denver broncos 17 to 16 in the opening monday night game of the nfl season the ap's chuck freeman has that story as well as major league baseball news the first Monday night football game of the year ends on a 64-yard field goal try that misses. And Seattle holds off Denver 17-16 in Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. The now Broncos quarterback tried to pull off some of the same magic he had for years with the Seahawks, driving his team just inside the 50 before the Broncos settled for a Brandon McManus 64-yard miss that was just left. Seattle coach Pete Carroll credits his team's defense in the final stand. It's the power of believing that you can stop somebody no matter how how much there is left there is so uh, it's it's so enriching for the as we go you know down the rest of this, this season. As for Wilson, he threw for 340 yards and a touchdown. Pittsburgh could be without all pro linebacker T.J. Watt for the next several weeks. He has a torn pectoral. Dallas will be without quarterback Dak Prescott again this year. He'll miss multiple weeks with a fracture near his thumb on his throwing hand. On the baseball card, the L.A. Dodgers downed Arizona 6-0 to clinch a playoff spot. Mike Trout belted a home run in his seventh straight game, one shy of a major league record, and the L.A. Angels 5-4 loss to Cleveland. Houston 7-0 over Detroit as Framber Valdez tossed a complete game shutout for the Astros. The NL Central race, the Chicago Cubs beat the New York Mets 5-2. The Mets stranded 10 men on base for manager Buck Showalter. We just couldn't cash in a lot of opportunities we had. That was uh, frustrating you know, for us because we created some opportunities with some good bats. Just couldn't cash them in. Mets remain a game and a half ahead of Atlanta. The Braves lost to San Francisco 3-2. Bo Bichette's eighth inning two-run homer lifted Toronto past Tampa 3-2. I'm definitely focused. Um, I think the time of the year helps. Um, a lot of big games and we need all of them. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's just that's my focus one game. Toronto five and a half and back in the first place Yankees, but in the thick of the American League wildcard race. Florida and Texas split a doubleheader and Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati. Chuck Freeman. Thanks, Chuck. Liverpool will host Ajax Tuesday evening in a UEFA Champions League group stage match. It's another chance for Egyptian football star Mohamed Salah to shine for the Reds of Liverpool, who lost to Napoli 4-1 in their opening group stage match last week. Ajax, meanwhile, defeated Scotland's Rangers 4-0. VOA's Gwen Uden has comments from Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp as he prepares to face Ajax, the current leaders in Group A. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Liverpool are not off to the kind of start the club has grown accustomed to in their new Premier League campaign. They're currently seventh in league standings with two wins, one loss, and two draws in their first five matches. But despite their slow start to the season, nothing could have prepared them for the shocking 4-1 defeat they suffered in last week's Champions League opener against Napoli. And now as Liverpool prepares to host their next Champions League clash, manager Jurgen Klopp says he hopes his side can erase the effects of what he calls the worst match in his tenure with the club. I watched the game back plenty of times and, um, and it was a real horror show, to be honest. And um, so we showed the boys the situation as well. They knew, but then seeing it again... Um, makes it really obvious so that was pretty much it was the worst game we played since I'm here and we had a few bad games we all know that everybody remembers probably Aston Villa and, and, and some others where we um, were just not up to speed or stuff like this but there were always glimpses of us in, even in these games um, in this particular game nothing Klopp spoke on Monday, the day before Liverpool face Ajax, the current leaders in Group A. Ajax are coming off a 4-0 Champions League victory in their opening group stage match against Scotland's Rangers. And Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp admits even an improved performance won't guarantee a victory against his upcoming opponents. We have to show a reaction, definitely, we know that. Um, that doesn't guarantee a, a result against Ajax. Ajax is actually, I would say, pretty much in the opposite situation, completely different. Um, won all their games so far this season. Have again a new a rebuild, a really massive rebuild, but um, doing, no surprise, again a really good job. Tuesday's clash comes after the Premier League and EFL postponed all fixtures last weekend to pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's longest reigning monarch who died on Thursday at the age of 96. The decision to call off matches caused waves of disappointment among football fans. The Football Supporters Association said the cancellation of games was a missed opportunity for fans to pay their respect. In response, the Liverpool club have asked for fans inside Anfield Stadium on Tuesday to hold a minute of silence to honor the Queen, a gesture Jurgen Klopp believes is the right thing to do. It's not obviously not about what I think, it's about what people think were much closer to her or felt much closer to her and... Um, I respect their, their grief a lot, and um, that's why I uh, will show my respect in uh, tomorrow night with a minute of silence, if, if it goes through. 
Liverpool's Premier League match against Wolverhampton was among last week's postponed fixtures. And while Klopp says he would rather have played the match, he's grateful for the extra time to recalibrate his team. Yes, but of course, you know, in, a, in a week with Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, this is, would, would have been a tough one anyway, coming back Thursday afternoon, stuff like this. Um, but yes, we would have wanted to play. Um, but for... Um, the reasons we all know, it didn't happen, and of course, we respect that. And now um, we try to use the time for analyze and training, which makes, I think, absolute sense or made absolute sense after the, the game we played at Napoli. The Premier League announced that Liverpool's next match against Chelsea has also been postponed due to the Queen's funeral scheduled for next week. Liverpool will not play another league match until they face Brighton on October 1st. The league has also confirmed that Crystal Palace's away game with Brighton remains suspended on the grounds of safety because of a planned train rail strike. And the upcoming clash between Leeds and Manchester United has also been postponed due to events surrounding the Queen's funeral. All other Premier League fixtures will take place as scheduled beginning this Friday. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. And that wraps up the September 13th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.